Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Bantanir scores! And now it's Gallagher, Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up for the drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 205 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, April 1st. This is not an April Fool's joke. This is you know, the best, the most informative and interactive podcast you'll find out there. It's the Habs 360 podcast with myself, Chris G, uh, at Chris G1980 on Twitter. Those of you who are listening to our live broadcast, thank you very much for tuning in a couple of hours earlier than usual but don't worry next week we'll be back at our regular time slot at uh, 2 p.m eastern time we heard the wind song so you know what that means it means since our last episode the Montreal Canadiens have won all their games played three of them uh, last Saturday the Ottawa Senators by a score of three to one at the Bell Center so remember we were looking ahead to those three games against the Senators and how tough they would be and how of an important matchup it would be for the Canadians. And well, they ended up beating the Ottawa Senators all three times. Then, on Tuesday night, the Dallas Stars were in town. And in fact, as of Tuesday, until the end of the season, the Canadians will only be facing non-playoff teams. And we know how successful or unsuccessful, I should say, the Canadians have been against those teams. But not this week. The Canadians beat the Dallas Stars by a score of 4-1 to one at the Bell Center. And then Thursday night, the Florida Panthers came in town. And, well, they they left with, uh, with uh, <laughs> I guess, a little pride. They lost to the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 6-2. to two. And we're going to talk about uh, that game in a, a couple of moments. With Thursday night's win against the Florida Panthers, the Canadians clinched the playoff spot. So, yes, the Canadians will be back in the playoffs. And, well, that's going to inspire our question of the day today. Our question is, how deep do the Habs have to go into the playoffs for the season to be a success? 
You can let us know via Twitter at Tabs360. You can let us know via the All Habs Facebook page. And we're going to be opening the phone lines in our third segment. In the standings, Canadians have played 77 games, only five games remaining. They have a record of 44, 24, and 9. It gives them 97 points. That gives them a six-point cushion over the Ottawa Senators. Senators do have one game in hand. So it looks like it will be tough for the Senators to uh, to finish first in the Atlantic Division. There will have to be some kind of Montreal Canadiens collapse for that to happen and the Senators to get on a uh, hot streak. And while it looks more and more likely, I saw on the website yesterday that there was a 95% chance that the Canadians face the New York Rangers in the first round. So if that's the case, it'll be quite an interesting matchup. And well, we'll know more on the next week's episode and we'll be previewing as the Canadians playoff opponent the first round during next week's episode. But joining me now, my co-host for today's episode, he's editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. We had to set the alarm to wake him up earlier for today's episode, but he's up, he's here, I think he's ready. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? Am I ever ready? Yeah, a little groggy this morning, but uh, <laughs> I'm ready to go, especially with so, with so much exciting news. Habs clinch, that's positive. Um, and and you, I, always, I always like when you start the show with that song, Chris. It's always great news. Hasn't happened uh, often enough uh, this season, and it barely happened last year, so it's always great to hear it. And let's hope that we're going to hear it uh, in the playoffs uh, as, uh, as well. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Hams 360. Well, the most popular segment in all of podcasts. You know, you can look it up and you'll, you'll see it for yourself. Are the winners and our losers of the week. And, well, in a positive week, like it was in the last seven days for the Montreal Canadiens, three wins in the last seven days, clinched the playoff spot. It was uh, kind of easy to find the winners. There was many, many options. And, well, I'm going to go first with my winner of the week, and it's somebody who's never been... Uh, I don't think we've ever spoken about him in the history of the Habs 360 podcast, but I think he deserves uh, to be mentioned. And that is Montreal Canadiens PA announcer at the Bell Centre, Michel Lacroix. And, well, on Thursday, he was honoured by the Montreal Canadiens as 40 years ago on, on uh, Thursday, he worked his first game with the Montreal Canadiens. And now we recognize him with uh, that, that deep voice that he has when he starts off the game with uh, Mesdames, Messieurs, vos Canadiens de Montréal. Obviously, he does a better job than I do. When he announces the goals, he puts the emotion. He, gets the, he can get the crowd into it with the way he calls either the goals or the three stars at the end, or especially in the playoff game when the Canadians come out on the ice and you hear his voice and he announces them. It's, uh, it's quite exciting. It builds the momentum. And I'm looking forward to hearing him making that call, announcing the Canadians for game one in the playoffs, which will be coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. So, Rick, Michel Lacroix, he's my winner of the week. Absolutely. Uh, and and the the Canadians have been um, pretty pretty lucky in that regard to have 
you know, many of the uh, old timers will tell you about Claude Mouton and, and he being the, uh, the voice of, of the, the, uh, the Montreal forum in that generation. Um, and then, um, uh, Michelle Lacroix stepped in and, and yeah, if you go to a, um, a, a Habs game and, and, uh, and that very first, you know, when he, when he, when he welcomes the players onto the ice, it gives you, it gives you chills. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny, I was at, um, what do they call that, uh, the, the Montreal International Fireworks Festival out at La Ronde. I was out, I was there. Michelle Lacroix was there. I didn't, mm-hmm. and, but just his voice again, I got the chills. It was just, it was for fireworks, but it's the same thing when, when you go to the bell center. Um, and I, I thought it was a really classy move of them recognizing him, um, picking up the puck and, and, uh, and as the Canadians clinched handing that over. It, it was it was great a great choice and uh, and yeah one of those unsung heroes um, in the Canadians organization. Yeah, and definitely the Canadians and well himself, he goes out there. I remember even uh, I think it was the end of January when the Laval Rocket announced uh, sorry unveiled their logo. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Michelle Lacroix was the MC of uh, of that event and other Montreal Canadiens functions outside of the Bell Center. Uh, there's a very good chance that uh, Michelle Lacroix will be their uh, their MC. So, congratulations to uh, Michelle. It's a it's a great honor. Not only did he celebrate, he had a good week. Not only was it his 40th work anniversary, he got the plug like you mentioned, but he also gets the the plaque for being the Habs 360 winner of the week. I think this is just the icing on the cake for him. Absolutely. So Rick, <laughs> so Rick, why don't you tell us who are who is your winner of the week? You know, I'm going to, it's, uh, um, we don't often do it, but I'm going to give it to a group and, uh, that is the Habs leadership. Um, and, and, and we'll include, you know, the broad leadership, um, uh, Max Pacioretty, um, Thomas Placanitz, Andre Markov, uh, Shea Weber and particularly Carey Price. Um, once the, the Habs clinched, uh, this week, uh, Max Pacioretty was asked, um, you know, about about the feeling, and and he said, um, since that final buzzer at the end of last season, um, this is what we made up our minds to do: is make the playoffs. Uh, it was such a bitter pill last year um, for. Not only for 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 fans not not having playoffs to look forward, but but the 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 players. Um, Carey Price also mentioned that that uh, this th- they knew that they were going to make the playoffs. This was their uh, this was their commitment to each other that they were going to make the playoffs. And I think what made it a little more satisfying was that that it wasn't always, I mean, the Canadians had a great start, um, but it wasn't always a sure thing. They hit a rough patch. Um, and it was interesting when you talked to Paul Byron, when they talked to Paul Byron, when you talked to Max Pacioretty, it reminded them exactly of what happened last season. That was very much in their, in their mind. Max Pacioretty said that this season we were almost in the exact same situation as we were last year, things weren't looking good. Um, and 
you know, last season when they hit that patch in, in uh, December, and I know I, I hate to bring up his name again because um, you get a little bit, you know, twitchy when I do, but Michelle Terrian <laughs> panicked. His decisions undermine the strengths of the team. He, rather than cushing the blow of, of the, the price in, injury, he just, he lost it. He made the situation worse. And that, that death spin that they had, they just couldn't recover. So when things started happening this year, the players knew uh, they, it wasn't the coach that was going to pull them out of this. Um, and they kind of turned into themselves and they, they, I think they looked after each other. They protected each other. Uh, they didn't, there was no division like there may have been last year in the locker room. Um, we remember that, that uh, infamous um, meeting on, I think it was February 8th or 9th um, that Mark Bergevin had with uh, Max Pacioretty, Carey Price and Shea Weber. Um, and then five days later, the Canadians had a brand new coach. So commitment to each other that um, those guys in the locker room, they, they willed this to happen. Um, they, they willed the, the playoffs to happen. Now they have to set a new goal and, and uh, you know, we'll be talking about how far they can go later, but I really want to give credit to the, the, the Habs leadership sticking together and and really pulling this team through a a, a, a very dark period uh, that happened that happened this season. S- supporting the coach, which you know I love to do. <laughs> so so Rick, I just made a new rule. Every time you'll be mentioning the name of Michel Terrier, we'll be playing one of those clips, one of those sound bites of you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so in terms of uh, it's it's a good uh, selection to make the leadership team as the winners of the week. Uh, they have done a great job to lead the Canadians back into uh, the the playoffs. There was a lot of talk uh, during the off season at the start of the season. What was the problem with uh, with the team last year? How did they sink so low? Was it uh, PK Subban? Was it the coach? Was it both of them? Was there conflicts? Was the dressing room split, et cetera? But we we didn't hear that this year. Even when the Canadians went uh, when you were when you're sliding right before Michel Therrien got fired, we weren't hearing things about players maybe being against each other. There was a lot of talk towards the the, the coach, and the message not getting through from the coach, but nothing in between um, the players. So just to add. To the names that uh, you mentioned, Rick, to the larger leadership group, I'm going to add the name of uh, Mark Brezhevin in there. He had made uh, last year at the end of the season when he was sitting there with uh, Jeff Molson and uh, and Michel Terrier, and at the July 1st, a consistent message that he would deliver in his press conferences would be that he'll do anything, whatever it takes, to make the team better if the organization goes first. And, well, we saw what he did during the offseason. A very popular player with the Canadians, P.K. Subban, was traded away. They brought in Shea Weber, who who has some leadership. Like, who, For sure, we're not in the dressing room, but it's pretty certain that he had an influence in the dressing room 
and how the players get along. And with this play on the ice as well, there was that famous quote last season that uh, Bergevin said that uh, he'd go in the foxhole with Michel Therrien. And well, a couple of months later, when uh, things went bad, he didn't hesitate to uh, replace Michel Therrien and get himself a, uh, a new coach. So, um, so I'm going to add him to the mix. So that's a good selection, Rick, for our winners of uh, the week. So let's move on now to our losers of the week. And well, as I mentioned, when the Canadians are doing are so so well like they did us this week, it was easy to come up with winners. But that makes it more difficult to come out and pick out losers of the week. And it actually, I feel kind of bad uh, naming a loser of the week on a week like uh, for today's show where the Canadians have won all three games. They clinched a playoff spot like it. It smells playoffs everywhere in Montreal, something that they're not used to in Toronto. So it's, um, so I still, the show must go on. So I'm going to choose my loser of the week, and my loser of the week is Alex uh, Galchenyuk. So Alex Galchenyuk this week in all three games, he's been playing on the wing. Uh, so the, the coach hasn't changed uh, the way that uh, he's been using him. And he didn't do anything. He didn't do much. Alex Galchenyuk, he's supposed to be an offensive player. His criticism, if you look at his play, it's always his defensive game that struggles. So that's not a problem. They moved him on the wing like that he can produce offensively. And this week, I, don't, I didn't see him engaged. I, he didn't bring much offensively to the team. So I'm looking at his stat sheets. In the stat lines for the last three games since our last episode. He got one assist in uh, the game against the uh, Ottawa Senators. And he's taken in the, three, in the three games, he took one shot on goal, and now he's in the game against the uh, Florida Panthers. And I know this, this, uh, the plus-minus isn't uh, the best in- indicator of a player's performance, but when a team wins 6-2 to two and Galchenyuk is minus 2, it, uh, it stands out to me. I don't think he had, a, he, he had a good week overall. And earlier this week, prior to the game against the uh, Florida Panthers, Claude Julien spoke about uh, Alex Galchenyuk. Let's hear him. You know, I said about Alex, like, I've liked his attitude. Like, he's gone to the wing. He has no problem there. Uh, Yesterday, he's got one shot on, you know, we talk about one shot on net, but he made two great plays for two unbelievable scoring chances. You know, if they score, it's a, he's got two assists last night. So, and he made those good plays. So, you have to really, you know, sometimes we can look at the stat sheet or we can look at the game and say, you know, how do you play? And, uh, you know, he wants, he's a young player. He wants to get better. And uh, like I said, I love his attitude. He's uh, very receptive. We talked again after practice and I told him, you know, like some of the things that I, I think he's doing well and to continue doing that and to continue work on stuff. And if he wants to get better, uh, I'm certainly one of those guys that will uh, more than happy to help him in certain areas. And uh, so that's basically it. But, you know, to say one shot, you, you want him to shoot because he's a shooter. And uh, so I think he wants that as well, but I don't think it's from a lack of a will or want. And, uh, and at the same time, like I said, I, I still saw some good things coming out of him. 
Yeah, so I just want to correct myself. That was uh, yesterday, prior to tonight's game against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Kodrian was being pretty positive, at least to the media, on what the message is towards Galchenyuk. For sure, he wants to help him because he needs Galchenyuk if this team is going to have a long playoff run. But it looks to me, and it was pretty much confirmed in an interview yesterday that Mark Bergevin did on 91.9 FM Sports here in Montreal in French, where he was asked, where do they see Galchenyuk, center or on wing? And Mark Bergevin said, well, right now I see him as a wing. He's been struggling defensively, and it's probably where he's going to be used until the uh, at the end of the season. So, Rick, um, why don't you tell us your thoughts? Did you think that Galchenyuk had a good week? No, he certainly didn't. And... Um... As Claude Julien said, you know, he did a couple of good things. Um, you, you could see um, little flashes, but he, he just looks out of sync. Um, he looks lost at times. Um, and the Canadians need him. Uh, if they're going to go far in the playoffs, they need a productive Alex Galchenyuk. He's, he's tied for third um, in scoring on the team. Um, we know that he's a game breaker. He has, uh, five, am I right? Yeah. Five game winning goals. Um, so the, the Canadians need his, his offense and, and need his, um, you know, to be the go to guy to score clutch goals and, um, and to be that offensive threat that other teams fear and have to protect against so that, that they don't just load up on the, on the top line. Um, I'm not sure what it is, um, uh, but, but Galchenik is struggling right now. Um, he, he responded that there was the very first game that he was put on the wing. I thought he responded really well and he came out on fire and, and, um, but that's kind of, that's kind of disappeared. And, um, I hope he figures it out soon because as I said, the Canadians need him in the playoffs. Yeah, for for sure. And well, even in uh, the practice this morning, he's still on the left wing, so he's gonna stick it stick it out there. We we still don't know for a fact. He keeps saying that he doesn't mind playing left wing or center. Well, he's gonna have to start uh, showing that uh, being more engaged offensively when uh, playing on the left wing. All right, so Rick, why don't you tell us who your loser of the week is? Well, as you said, it was pretty tough to find losers on the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so we're going to go outside the organization to the Florida Panthers. And, um, okay, he's plays for the Florida Panthers, but I'm always going to think of him as a Bruin, and that's Sean Thornton. Um, Sean Thornton is my loser of the week. He, you, can, you can bring his name up any week until he retires, which can't come soon enough. Um, he was whining after the game on Thursday night um, and about the play of Alexei Emelin. And, and how about Alexei Emelin? Um, he could have been one of our winners of the week. He had a great week, particularly that game on Thursday night. I thought he was terrific in, in all areas of the ice. We saw some offense, great passing, um, and solid hits. And, and, and that's what Sean Thornton was whining about, was a solid hit um, that uh, uh, Emelin delivered on their captain. Uh, let me just he he had a, a, a an interview with uh, Marc Antoine Godouin. Said um, Sean Thornton said 
I think he's, that's Emelin, is wrong, is what's wrong with the league these days. Yeah, em, Alexei Emelin is what's wrong with the league. Uh-huh. There's no accountability anymore. You, you can run around, take headshots at our captain, and just turtle, and the refs save your life. I'm getting out at the right time, because I like the game when you had to be a man. Yeah, like Sean Thornton's a man. And look at yourself in the mirror. So that's my honest opinion of the guy. I don't have any respect for him. I think he's a pretty good defenseman, but I don't like the way he plays. Yeah, he's a good defenseman, so yeah, of course Sean Thornton would not like the way he plays. I don't mind people playing hard, but I've seen him with a lot of cheap shit in the last 10 years. I don't mind battling, but I've seen him headhunt a lot of guys and never ever answer for it. Say what you will about me. I've always taken my beating like a man when I had to. I didn't back down from John Scott. I didn't back down from Lorak. I can look at myself in the mirror. I'm not sure that idiot can. Like, just give it up. Sean Thornton is talking about, you know, the game has has uh, changed uh, from a code that, you know, when, when uh, listen, there is that the game has changed, but Sean Thornton was never part of that code. When I think of Sean, Court, Sean Thornton, I think of uh, cheap shots. I think of sucker punches. You remember Brooks or- Orpik? You remember uh, when, when the Canadians were playing uh, Boston in the playoffs? P.K. Subban was, was, this is the game was in play, in the playoffs. P.K. Subban skating by the bench, and Sean Thornton just soaks his visor with, with uh, water. Dangerous move. Uh, and, yeah, and, and he got a fine. Wow, he really stood up for, for himself there. He really looked in the mirror. Um, Orpik was, was uh, stretchered off the ice after the sucker punch, hitting guys when they're down already on the ice. Um, you know, I, I think the code that he's talking about, the specialty that Sean Thornton has is going after and, and wanting to fight a guy after a clean hit. I, I hate how that's evolved. That's, that's the Sean Thornton code. Hate how that in the game that you can deliver a, 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 a solid hit, a solid clean hit, and you're expected to fight someone afterwards. That's crap. That's nonsense. That's Sean Thornton. And absolutely goodbye, good riddance. Um, he's my loser of the week, and, uh, and I never want to speak about him again on this show. <laughs> and odds are we, we won't speak of him because they're not making it to the playoffs, so they're not going to face the Canadians. So it's, uh, it's good riddance for, uh, for Sean Thornton. Uh, not much that I can add to uh, what you said. I I agree with you, especially because it was a clean hit. If it would have been a dirty hit, I'd say you know what, like maybe he went overboard. But I know where he's coming from. But uh, after a clean hit, there's no reason for uh, for him to come out comments like uh, like that, because you know it was a clean hit. Didn't do anything legal. Didn't get uh, penalized for the hit either. So. Um, so Sean Thornton, you know, happy retirement, I guess, is what we could say. We're actually going to see him one more time. I think the Canadians are facing the Panthers. If it's, uh, I think it's on Monday. Uh, yes, that's right, Monday night in Florida. So we're going to see him on the ice one more time. And actually, let's see if anything's going to happen on the ice as a, as a revenge on that play. So I guess there's one storyline for the game against the Panthers on Monday. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk about uh, Andre Markov tied a record. So where does he rank in the Canadian's history? Should his number be uh, retired? 
when he when uh, when he's done playing that and more and but still to come later as well our question of the day how deep do the Habs have to go into the playoffs for the season to be a success let us know via twitter at Habs360 and leave your comments on the All Habs Facebook page stay with us this is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net for the most trusted source of news analysis and features about the Montreal Canadiens their affiliates and their prospects Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. I know, like, so I didn't thought I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be there, you know, like, and uh, I just, what I did, I just played my game, you know, like, without my teammates, uh, I'm not gonna stand here in front of you, you know, like, so I'm not gonna, without the teammates, it's not gonna happen, you know, like, and uh, thanks to all my teammates, the organization who's uh, trusting me, you know, like, and uh, so I'm proud to, to be there, you know. I don't think he's underrated. I think everyone knows how good he is. I don't think he's maybe appreciated as much as he should be. Um, maybe that word. Uh, I, I talk to players around the league, and they always, you know, seem to drop his name. Just to, you know, how deceptive he is, and um, for his age, how he's always in position and he never really makes mistakes. So, um, I think he's very appreciated in the hockey world as players, and um, you know, he's he, he's he's obviously a legend here. Um, you look at the years uh, that we've that I've played with him. 
um, overcome so many obstacles, so much adversity. I mean, so happy for him. He's, uh, you know, probably the best player I've played with, and um, it's just really, really nice to see him get rewarded. All right, welcome back to episode 205 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, April 1st, 2017. My name is Chris G, along with Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. So we heard coming into this segment from uh, uh, Andre Markov himself. We heard from Canadian captain Max Pacioretty, and we also heard from uh, Nathan Bollier speaking about Andre Markov, who got an assist with an assist uh, earlier this week, uh, tied him for second all time in Canadian's defenseman with with 572 points. So he tied the Gila point. So for sure he's going to beat him uh, before the end of the season. Then he's still far away from Larry Robinson, about uh, over 300 points behind him. So the doubt that that's going to happen, but still quite the remarkable uh, accomplishment by Andre Markov to being second in the Canadian's history. And while we spoke about him a little bit, Rick, uh, last week, but Andre Markov, he's been, if we think about, if we start talking about this season only, uh, to start off with, he's been, he's been consistent. He, he still has the vision of play and passes. He's still a good quarterback on, on uh, the power play. We had also spoken about the power play on how it wasn't working. Then as soon as Markov was put up with Weber, all the power play started doing a bit better, looks a little bit more uh, more dangerous. And we, in regards to his contract, it's coming up at the end of the season. He told the Journal de Montréal earlier this week two things that uh, probably most of us um, didn't officially know. One, he said that he wants to finish his career as a Montreal Canadian, and number two, we also found out that, that he's no longer he has he doesn't have an agent anymore. So what does that mean? Does that mean that he's gonna try to take a hometown discount to remain with the team for uh, one or two more years? We're still to find out. But uh, Rick, quite the accomplishment for Andre Markov. Absolutely, um, I've said it since the beginning of the year. Sign him sign him again next year. And, and I know that sounded crazy and I got a lot of pushback from that at the beginning of the year. Not so much now. Um, I'm going to disagree with Nathan Beaulieu and which I've done before. And, and uh, Andre Markov is very underrated, um, very underrated in this city, very underrated by fans. Uh, fans are ready to, you know, throw him on the scrap heap, uh, let him play, the third pairing, let him be the extra defenseman. Uh, the Canadians would have a hard time being where they are um, without Andre Markov this season. Um, you know, Max Pacioretty said it all best player uh, he's ever uh, laced him up with um, in that prior to that, that um, um, Max Pacioretty also said um, he's the best player that you guys don't know anything about. And I think that's part of it, that Andre Markov isn't, he isn't the guy that uh, the media go after for quotes uh, after the game. Um, as, as Markov said himself, I just play my game. Uh, he's done it and he's played very well. And he's, you know, the, as you said, he's tied now for a second, but look at the, listen to the names that, that 
that he's in that list with. Larry Robinson, as you mentioned, tied with Guy Lapointe. Doug Harvey is next, and Serge Savard. Those, those guys are revered in Montreal, um, as should Markov be. Um, one, of the, one of the most fascinating things, is, as I said, Markov isn't, isn't always there for the quotes, and, and, uh, but he was this week with uh, not only tying the, uh, the record, but he, he had a, um, a three-point game earlier. Um, and Arpen Basu um, asked him about, you know, everybody always talks two things when you talk Andre Markov, his vision, how smart he is, and his passes, that his passes are just sublime. All the players say that. And Arpen Basu asked him, what, what makes your passes so different? And, and Andre said, the spin, of course, like, <laughs> like everybody does it. And Arpen said, what, what are you talking about? Well, Andre Markov depending on what hand, hand the shooter is, changes the spin on his passes. Changes the way the spin, depending on who he's passing to, so that the passes end up in the perfect shooting position uh, for the recipient. That's remarkable. To make that decision, to make that decision is remarkable, but also to, to have the skill to make that happen. Um, I, I, I can't say enough good things. And... Um, you know, it may, may be controversial, um, but once he finishes his career in Montreal, whenever that might be, I want to see um, his jersey hanging from the Bell Center rafters. And I know, oh, no, he didn't win a Stan- – well, he, he has a chance yet to win a Stanley Cup. But even if he doesn't, there's going to be those critics who say, uh, oh, he didn't win a Stanley Cup, so he can't be in the, the rafters of the Bell Center well, I present to you Sean Thornton, the idiot that we were talking about in the last uh, <laughs> segment, who has two Stanley Cups. That doesn't uh, that doesn't really amount to much. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, whether or not his number should be re- retired, I'm I'm still like down the middle. Like I, I could easily be convinced that it should be retired, and I'm easily convinced that it shouldn't uh, be retired as as well. But in terms, if you look. Uh, I'm gonna, on the note that's gonna help the um, the the position of retiring his number in the modern NHL. You don't see anybody playing a thousand games with the same team, and he's a couple of games short from a thousand. He's at 986 right now, so he's gonna hit that mark uh, early next uh, season. It, it never happens, and throughout those a thousand games, he was always the Canadians. Uh, best defenseman during that uh, that time period. So that definitely does mean a lot when uh, for a player in these modern days. And for sure, if he'd win a cup, if he'd win a Norris Trophy, if he'd win one of those awards, it definitely would uh, help the case. But now that he doesn't have them, I know that that's being held against him, but it's also harder to win a cup now. I think than when it was back in the days when uh, Robinson and Lapointe and et cetera them uh, them were in the in the NHL. But if his number does get retired, I won't be here saying that it wasn't deserved. I think it would be deserved as well. And I'm just looking here at the stats of Larry Robinson, and one thing that just stood out to me is he finished his career at a plus 700. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, Andrew Markov, like Rick mentioned, uh, a quote machine. Here is probably my favorite one. Uh, that's a good question, you know. Um, 
Let's talk about hockey. Hello, <laughs> gonna do. Yeah, so let's talk about hockey. And let's hear uh, what uh, Claude Julien had to say about the Markov. This was the following the game against the uh, Dallas Stars. Well, he's earned that respect. And, and you know, and I'm not certainly, uh, there's no pun intended here, but he really uh, earned that quietly. You know, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, doesn't make a lot of noise, comes out, plays his game, you know, in the, and he certainly doesn't ruffle feathers. And he just, he's so, uh, you know, so in tune with with doing his job and doing it right I think that's what's impressive about him and I think you know it's nice to see that the, the people the fans realized how important how good he's been and what he's done for this team like I said you know not too often uh, you probably see big accolades about him in the paper and he probably deserves more but that's just the way he goes about his business and because of that you know you can earn respect from people that know you well and know how you handle yourself and uh, as far as I'm concerned uh, he's been a great great player for this organization for many years and you know I was glad to see that uh, they stood up for him because he certainly deserved it and well definitely Claude Julien knows uh, Andre Markov because he was around when Claude Julien was around the first time and he gets to coach him again and he had seen him many years uh, as an opponent when he was behind the bench of the Boston Bruins so let us know via Twitter as well Andre Markov She's number B retired. She can easily resign him. You can let us know via Twitter at um, Habs360 at Twitter account. We're going to take a break. We're going to open the phone lines for the next segment. The phone number to reach us is 1-877-455-4945. Our question of the day today, how deep do the Habs have to go into the playoffs for the season to be a success? We'll tackle that and more on the other side. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast. Feature on nohabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today.
This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, welcome back. It's episode 205 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. And you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. And well, with me is Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. Uh, we all know he follows the uh, the ice caps uh, closely for the AHL.Report. And Rick, why don't you give us an update on uh, the ice caps and their, their, their playoffs, their playoff runs? Well, it's, uh, it's tight. The, the playoff race uh, in the AHL North division is, is pretty tight uh, right now. As, as of this moment, the, um, if, if the playoffs started today, the ice caps would be in a, in a playoff position. They hold down the fourth uh, position in the division. And as we know, that is a big deal because it's been, uh, it's been a while since uh, that, that uh, the Canadians AHL affiliate has, has uh, been playoff bound. Um, but it's going to be tough. It's they have seven games remaining uh, tonight. Um, they are hosting the Binghamton Senators. Um, Senators near the bottom of the division, but they always play the um, Ice Caps tough and tough when tough rough. Uh, they're a rough team and and uh, they like to beat up on the the Ice Caps. Um, last night. Uh, Daniel Carr, who we uh, have seen in Montreal uh, throughout the season. Uh, Daniel Carr is now uh, on uh, the wing on the first line. And um, uh, some goon, um, Charles D- David Baudouin, um, just hammered his uh, Carr's head into the boards, took a boarding penalty. Should have been a major. It was just a minor. Uh, Carr um, skated off uh, with some help. Uh, had it was hunched over, had his head in his hands. Uh, he won't be playing tonight, um, so that's a bit of a blow. Also, with the goaltending situation, we know Charlie Lindgren um, is is up with the uh, the Canadians with Montoya uh, on the injury shelf. So, uh, and Charlie Lindgren has been uh, both Charlie Lindgren and Chris Terry have been the the two stars, the two MVPs for the team this season. Um, so the goaltending situation is a little, uh, challenging to say the least. Jan Denis was not particularly sharp last night. Uh, Zach Fucali's called up from the beast. Uh, he's there to, to help out. Um, so it's going to be tough. It's, it's, um, the, um, the ice caps have three home games left four on the road. Uh, I'll be out seeing them next weekend. And, uh, let's let's it's it's a challenging time the uh you know they don't have all their troops there so it's going to be incumbent on the rest of them to uh buckle up pull together and uh and and finish this off and make their their playoff run should also say just a brief note that um the Brampton Beast the ECHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens they could clinch tonight uh in the uh the Kelly Cup playoffs um with a with a win um, or an, or if they take it to, to overtime, if they get a point in, uh, in extra time. So could we see all three um, uh, franchises um, 
the NHL, AHL, and ECHL franchises of the Montreal Canadiens in the, in the playoffs? Let's uh, let's hope so. Yeah, and one thing for sure is we'll be keeping you updated on uh, the progress of all these three teams here on the Habs 360 podcast. And you can also visit the AHL.report for your latest news on the Ice Caps and the Brampton Beast. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by AHL.report, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's, that's every team's goal at the start of the year. You just want to get in and then everyone knows, uh, you know, anything can happen from there. So it's, it's a good accomplishment, obviously, with what happened last year. This was, this was our goal and... Uh, you know, we'll enjoy it here for, for a day or so, and then on with the rest of the business. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. It's, I mean, it's it's not easy to come to the rink and motivate yourself to play when you you know you're so far out looking in, and teams are you know battling, having fun, uh, looking forward to the to the postseason. So, um, it's it's a rewarding feeling. You know, we wanted this right from the beginning, and we still um, even at the the break there the. By week, we we saw a lot to to prove, so it's it's pretty satisfying getting in officially. All right, so we heard that uh, Brendan Gallagher and uh, Nathan Bullier following the game against the uh, Florida Panthers on Thursday night at the Bell Center, Montreal Canadiens. They're in the playoffs. It's official. We don't no longer need to go to sportsclubstats.com to check that because they are in. Most probable opponents will be the uh, New York Rangers, but you know there's still plenty of time uh, before we uh, decide that. And well, that inspired us for our question of the day for today's episode. We asked you, how deep do the Habs have to go into the playoffs for the season to be a success? And Oscar Lafan will give out my opinion um, first on this topic. There's plenty of ways you can look at you can look at uh, look at it. You can look at it that last year the Canadians didn't make the playoffs, and well now they're in it, so it's already a success because they took a one step um, one step forward compared to last season. But honestly, that's not enough for me as a Montreal Canadiens fan. I just make it to the playoffs isn't enough. And then if you look at the uh, the standings on the teams that the Canadians are going to face into the play- in the playoffs. They're going to face the New York Rangers most probably, like I said, in, uh, in the first round. And the Canadians can beat the Rangers. We've seen it uh, this year. I think they beat them all three times when they faced each other. So that's no reason for the Canadians. I think they could beat them and advance to the second round. And where they'd face either the Senators, the Leafs, uh, the Bruins, and I think the Canadians match up well against all those three teams. If you would have asked me about a month ago, I would have told you it might be tough against the Ottawa Senators. But we saw in, over the last, what, 10 days, the Canadians can beat them as well. But that being said, it wouldn't mean that it's um, there'll be a, a piece of cake for the Canadians to face the Ottawa Senators as well. And that would bring them to the Eastern Conference Final where then you, the strong metropolitan division comes into play, and then anything can happen when, uh, when the Canadians reach there. So I think, Rick, I'm not sure if you agree or not, I think the Canadians, if they reach the conference final, whether they win or they lose it, at that point I would consider this season a success. 
Yeah, I think that's that's fair. And uh, for me, it's kind of, um, you know, who are they eliminated by? That kind of dictates their the success or not. Um, you know, the, the Canadians have the Canadians match up on paper well against the Rangers. Um, and and as you said, they've had success this year and that the the, um, um, the the Rangers are kind of uh, stumbling a little bit right now uh, into the playoffs um, in their last 10 games. Um, but all that sets up, you know, for the, the Rangers just to have a, a great series Um and um, it, I, I think I think it would be it would be kind of disappointing um, if if the Canadians go out in the first round. Obviously, second round if if they're going out to um, if they they went out to Ottawa, or Boston, or Toronto, or of course any of those those kind of big rivalries. Um, and but not so much if you know um, a Washington or a Columbus or a Pittsburgh. It's it's you don't get that same sense of disappointment. So I, I really think it depends on who they are eliminated by, in my mind, to whether this season was a success or not. So one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. You can give us a call and, and tell us what you would consider a success. Uh, let's go first to uh, Twitter to see what uh, some of our, our listeners and followers had to say. First tweet comes from uh, John in uh, Quebec. He writes, I go with the old saying about the Habs, anything less than the cup is a failure. So thanks for that, uh, John. Uh, Marcel from uh, Montreal writes, uh, all the way to the end, it's a cup final, go Habs, go. Next tweet comes from the uh, Futurician from Montreal, Quebec. Right, it's very simple really every year you don't win the Stanley Cup it's not a successful year the appearance of success is not success so uh, thank you for the tweet but you know with that mindset it means you're looking at 29 uh, fan bases uh, being disappointed and 30 as of uh, next year so not necessarily a cup is always um, what needs to be considered a, a success next tweet comes from JP I don't think he's a Habs fan, but he writes losing the first round <laughs> is <laughs> so technically, you know, Canadians have at least accomplished that. So the season is success for him. So thank you very much for that tweet, uh, JP. Rick, what does it look like on the uh, All Habs Facebook page? Well, we have a similar set in sentiment. The, the Canadians fans have um, have high standards. Dennis May says winning the cup, of course. Um, Tyson Ryan says, win the cup. Otherwise, we're not successful. Peter Graham says, the Stanley Cup, what else? This seems to be a bit of uh, agreement there. We're going to have somebody contrary. Lori Rull says, you know, they're successful right now, and they've always have been to their fans. However, we want them to go all the way, and we know they can go all the way. If Hart can win the Stanley Cup, they will do it. If fans can help them win, they will do it. Go Habs. That's pretty positive. Uh, Rodney Barrett said, the season to date has been a success. A successful run now, that's a different cup of tea. Team must be firing on all cylinders, no passengers. Success will follow. Becky Riley says, all the way. 
You need a cup in Montreal. Charlotte Sundstrom says, um, love them now, hard heart. We'll love them forever, hard heart. Go Habs, go. Jason Corvale says, there's nothing stopping us this year. Boy, there's lots of positivity this week, huh? Yeah, there is. Um, We'll have to change that. What's that? There's high expectations as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael Parsons uh, goes a little bit the other way. He said, the Habs will win one round. That's it. They can be checked to a standstill too easily. Once you shut the first line down, there's nothing left. That Placanics line looked pretty good the other night, though, didn't they? And hopefully, if we face the Rangers, we can keep Kreider away from the crease. Um, oh, well, John Gagnon is just upset that he says, I'm blacked out, so I'm not watching here. My TV provider sucks. <laughs> A long-lost Habs fan. <laughs> but good to, hear from, good to hear from John anyway. Yeah, and the good news for John is that he'll be able to watch all the playoff games because those are broadcasted uh, coast to coast with uh, with no blackout. So that's right. So you'll be able to you'll be able to watch those games, uh, John. And uh, thank you everybody who sent in your uh, your comments on Facebook as well. Uh, one tweet that came in from Todd Mack from Cape Bur- uh, Cape uh, Breton or Cape Breton. Uh, in regards to uh, Andrei Markov, he writes, "Resigned, yes. Retired jersey, no." So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Todd. Listen up! It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. Well, Rick, it's time for a bad tweet, and we even had uh, some hashtags. We even had some people helping us out with uh, submitting some bad tweets for us. You know, that's, that's, and you said it right, you say it every week right off the top of the show, the most interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. Well, the most in, interactive podcast anywhere, right? Period. End of, end of story. Um, and, and yeah, we're really happy. We started this, this segment and uh, we we're getting, we're getting um, uh, nominations each week from our, our listeners out there for the bad tweet of the week. Um, this one comes to us. Uh, his hashtag is Weber6God. So Weber fan, that's good. Rep the CH. Um, and he says, we should have traded Patches. He's no good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 35 goals, no good, I guess. Um, which is... And, and thanks to uh, a little uh, stick tap to Skillsy, our, uh, our listener for that one, who forwarded that on to us. Um, the other one, I don't have the other one. Do you have the other one that was forwarded in? Yeah, we have another one that was sent in to us uh, by Double uh, by H, probably related to Triple H, from, uh, from Van City, from Vancouver. And he... His dumb actually he named this dumb tweet. So bad tweet, dumb tweet, you know, close enough. And what he sent us in were the Sean Thornton comments uh, that we spoke about in the first segment. So definitely Double H agrees that uh, Sean Thornton is uh, he's I guess he's calling him dumb for for making those comments that he did on uh, Alexi Emlin. And when it comes back to the first tweet there by Patches, talk about it at a bad time to tweet that. If it would have been after the first month, 
then I'd say, okay, he he was struggling. Maybe you could, I would understand more, but not after him reaching 35 goals. Kind of harsh and dumb to uh, make that, that kind of assessment. You, you know what? So you, you know what's interesting. You know what's interesting about that double H tweet is that he was one of our winners uh, a few weeks back. He was one of our winners of the bad tweet of the week. And he took that in stride. He, he, he got his plaque and he said, you know what? I'm going to help you find other winners for bad tweet of the week. And, and he sent that one in. We, um, and we put it on the air. Exactly. So he went from, from dumb tweet to a good tweet. So <laughs> we, we help people evolve and get better at the Twitterverse. So thank you. So, so everybody on Twitter, you should be thanking us. It's a, the public service announcement what we're doing. We're not here to make fun of people with our, with our bad tweets. <laughs> All right, Rick. Uh, I think we, got, we better end the show before it gets out of hand. So thank you very much. I'm uh, happy to be here, and uh, we'll have all kinds of news. Hopefully we'll be reporting about some, uh, some playoff hockey for the Ice Caps uh, uh, in next week's show. Yeah, and definitely on next week's show we'll also be previewing, looking ahead at the Canadians' first round matchup in the playoffs and boy it's, it's going to be the first time in almost two years since we've had the chance to say that because well we all know Canadians didn't make the playoffs last season I want to thank everybody who sent in their comments via Twitter at Tabs360 and everybody who left us their comments on the All Abs Facebook page and most importantly thank you everybody for listening to today's episode my name is Chris G at Chris G1980 that was Rick at All Habs on Twitter. We'll talk to you next Saturday, back at a regular time slot at 2 p.m. Eastern. See ya. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.